This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, welcome to this week's edition of The Fearless Lover. My name is Adam Gilad, and you are on Personal Life Media, where we explore life personally and lively um, in all its deepest and most interesting aspects. So my, my work is really about awakening to our true nature, which is enlightenment or self-realization, and realizing that we are, we are not the story. We are the consciousness, the awareness, the presence that creates the stories, that creates the experience of being in this body, mind, and personality. Maybe we tell ourselves a story of uh, we're afraid to open up um, to people. We're afraid of, of being authentic, authentic selves. And that story creates the emotion of fear. The story between the ears creates the emotion in the body of fear, the contraction, the gut, the, the kind of paralysis of movement. And when we see that we're not the story, we are the awareness that is always present right here, right now. The more we see that, the more the story fades away and the more fear leaves us. My guest this week is a very interesting man. He goes by the name of Jim Drever. And he's had a long journey, uh, originally, I believe, from New Zealand. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Um, all the way from New Zealand to Enlightenment. And I believe that's <laughs> at least 50 miles. So uh, first, let me welcome you, Jim. Thank you, Adam. Um, you're welcome. Now, I'd like to jump right into this, because what you do is, is very deep stuff. And, um, and so let's just jump right into the depth. How's that? Beautiful. All right. So you come out of a tradition. I mean, you've had a very interesting journey. And um, I'd like you to talk about um, what that journey was. Briefly, you've met a couple of very powerful teachers who have given you very deep insights into the nature of how fear, and particularly, I believe, from my understanding, how fear attached to the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves holds us back from living a life of presence and love. Can you... Respond to that in one minute or maybe a minute and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, fear is um, fear arises because of the stories we tell ourselves. And I was on a journey of enlightenment for many, many years. I had this enlightenment experience many years ago in 1977, which started me on that journey. And uh, that's what I wanted, to wake up fully. And uh, the stories are... Uh, enlightenment is about seeing that everything between our ears is unreal, Thoughts are unreal, pictures are unreal, beliefs are unreal, stories are unreal. But we are always present as this awareness that is looking through our eyes and filling with our heart. And when we know ourselves as pure awareness, pure consciousness, manifesting in this body-mind self, then we're free. Then we can use stories and tell stories and share stories, but we're no longer bound by them. But so long as we believe we are the story 
that gives gives rise to fear and and allows us to uh, prevents us from loving unconditionally. I'd love for you to give an example of how the stories we tell about ourselves uh, bring fear. For example, uh, maybe we tell ourselves a story of uh, we're afraid to open up um, to people. We're afraid of, of, of being authentic, authentic selves. And that story creates the emotion of fear. The story between the ears creates the emotion in the body of fear, the contraction, the gut, the, the kind of paralysis of movement. And when we see that we're not the story, we are the awareness that is always present right here, right now. The more we see that, the more the story fades away and the more fear leaves us. And we just live in our authentic being right here, right now. It's, it's the great goal. Let, let me ask you a question, uh, kind of maybe a strange question, but that uh, comes from my understanding of the statement, life begins at 40. And uh, my, my sense is that why that is true is that I think we spend the first half of our lives building our story, really trying to establish who we are and trying to establish what our egoic presence is in the world and kind of defending it and molding it and crafting it. And then you get to roughly around 40 and you say, okay, so what? You know, so for younger listeners um, of, of this uh, show, what would you say about that? About, isn't it important first to, uh, and I'm asking this because you know, I'm curious about your answer, isn't it important first to establish some kind of story that you can move out from? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense that uh, it's important to establish a story and a strong sense of ego and self. But um, the more we educate our young, young people to n- realize that they're not their stories, they're always and only the awareness that creates the story. And the more we raise children in freedom, in fact, I have a section of my book uh, in your story at the beginning of your life about this um, called Raising Children with Love. And my own son is 23, and he's been raised uh, in a very conscious way because I was his dad. And, um, and yet he still has stories, but he has fewer and fewer of them um, that he's attached to. He realizes that he, he's, he's creating the stories as he goes along. So... I didn't wake up until I was 49, so and that gives uh, you know the truth to your statement. Life begins at 40, but um, but I was getting freer and freer, you know, as I went along from the age of 26, actually, when I started my spiritual quest. Um, so it would be interesting to see what a world would look look like uh, if we raised children with this, in this conscious way to not be afraid to be their authentic selves. To access something beyond their particular story, although the the excitement of of, of youth is really, you know, constructing yourself like a Lego set. Right, I know. And and that excitement is good. You know, the excitement is, um, that's what's great about young people. They're excited, they're building a story. But um, I think that um, if they realize early on that they're not their stories, they grow up with much more freedom and more creativity, even, because then we're accessing a place that's beyond the story, the, the ground of true creative being, true creative inspiration, which is in silence, 
in silence, we, we, we get these creative ideas that uh, we don't get when we're constantly battling with ideas inside our head. That is true, and it's something that's very much lost these days with all, all the media so constantly bombarding us. Right. I mean, even when the media isn't bombarding us, the waves of the media are bombarding us. I mean, we live in a stew of microwaves and communications that are... Yes, yeah. Now, in your book, the name of your book, again, is Stop Telling Your Story. Name uh, your story, begin your life. Right, and it's available at uh, www.endyourstory.com. So how do you? Let's. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. As an ebook. As an ebook, yes. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm currently working on getting it published as a real book. But well, I believe ebooks are real books in this new world that we live in. <clears throat> I do. I do. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. No, it's true. It's true. All right. Um, let me ask you a question about children, since we got on that for a second. So, how do you teach a child what? What consciousness practices, because remember, the name of the show is The Fearless Lover, and we're looking to how we can really love ourselves, each other, the world, the universe, freely. Um, right. How do you begin that with a child? How do you teach a child to end his story when his story is just beginning? I would say that just you can just teach them in this moment, like when you're with a child or children, you can get them to relate from this present time. And children, of course, are actually much more present than adults. The, the, the younger the child is, the more present they are. So we kind of st- start out with this very much in the moment kind of living. Like a really young child, a, a one or two, they're very, very present. And uh, life is very magical. And they don't hold on to any stories, actually. They're just constantly in the flow of being. And so that needs to be encouraged. In fact, you know, the forms of education like Waldorf and so on, which seeks to encourage that uh, until the child is much older. They seek, seek to keep the magic alive. But so just being with children, being very present and not, uh, not getting caught up in a, the past or the future, but being very present is, um, is how you do it, how, how you promote that sense of presence. Now, your tradition is the Advaita. Right. That was the tradition I was schooled in, but... Uh, this is not really advice. This is awakening is like for everybody. Awakening is seeing that we're not our stories. We're the luminous consciousness, the awareness that creates the stories. And the more we know that, the more we realize that, the freer we are of the story. And then we can have the stories. We can share the stories of the past and, and share our goals and dreams for the future, but we don't get lost in the past or the future. We're always right here, right now. It's true, and, and and obviously there's a parallel um, for individuals with spiritual traditions. Every spiritual tradition has its me, you know, has its story, its drama, right? Right, right, and it does. Fabrication, and yet in each tradition is also a mystical tradition, which really kind of struggles to get away from that egoic spiritual tradition, whether it's, you know, the Kabbalistic tradition in Judaism or Christian mystics or Sufism in Islam. There's, there always seems to be this uh, pull away from story, like the, the real adepts know this. They do, and uh, in fact, I write extensively about that in my book. I talk about religion, and, you know, religion is basically the story of uh, uh, the story, and spirituality is the experience. Religion is story, and spirituality is experience. Right. Or as somebody else said, and I have this quote in my book, religion, religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell, Spirituality is for people who've already been there. 
<laughs> I could say, or people who uh, who live in heaven. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, let's take a short break. I'm gonna. I'd like to come back and apply some of this um, just very intuitively true and powerful teaching to um, intimate relationships and love relationships. If that would be okay with you, does that sound right? Sounds good. Excellent. We'll be right back. This is Adam Gilad, and you're listening to the Fearless Lover on Personal Life Media. Listen to Living Dialogues, thought leaders in transforming ourselves and our global community with Duncan Campbell, visionary conversationalist, bringing you the best in new paradigm thinking on personallifemedia.com. Welcome back. This is Adam Gilad. You're listening to The Fearless Lover here on Personal Life Media. Our guest today is Jim Drever, author of End Your Story, Begin Your Life. I love that title, by the way. Just Thank you. Perfect, perfect balance. And we're talking about um, uh, the traditions he comes out of and the Enlightenment traditions and how being uh, present in the moment and not being wrapped up in the story of who you are or more, more likely who you think you are, right, because every right. story is a is a subjective narrative, um, and being able to really free yourself from this is a way to drop fear and allow yourself to love a little more. And we talked a little about how um, freedom can begin to allow this kind of love. And now I'd like to talk, uh, if you would, a little about how to apply this to uh, love relationships or intimate relationships, because this seems to be the sticking point for most people. It's very easy to right. love people in the abstract. It's very difficult to love them when their underwear is on the floor. Right. So, um, so how, how does this apply? What practices um, do you counsel for people in their personal relationships uh, in terms of fearless love and this kind of not being attached to your story? Okay, well, I teach a workshop at Esalen. I'm teaching again on September the 7th to the 12th of this year. I do a process there with couples that um, is very revealing and illuminating. I do, do this eye-gazing exercise where a couple faces each other and looks at each other uh, in a very relaxed, non-judgmental, non-threatening way. And it brings up a lot of stuff, but they, and they, they, they get to look at their stuff. But ultimately, relationships are all about connection, connecting from being to being without a story, just pure being. And the most authentic and best relationships are where that connection happens, where it's really flowing you're not connecting out of any story. You're just connecting out of a being-to-being experience. So the practice of eye-gazing is a very important one for um, that I use in my workshops for, for facilitating that connection. So you counsel for, for couples to do that on their own? Right, right. And uh, I do with some... When I do workshops, I... I give them the experience, I guide them through it, and so they, then they can do it on their own. And it's all about connecting. Um, really, my whole work is about connecting with people in a place of freedom and love. I like really looking in the eyes of another person and without in a relaxed, non-threatening, friendly way and uh, being open to um, whatever rises out of that connection. It's funny, our brains are so built for story. I mean, I've done a lot of work in, in this area. You know, we tend to understand and retain knowledge when it's put in story form. Right, sure. 
And when we encounter each other, one of the first things we do is, oh, you remind me of, you know, my, my mother, father, my friend, this girlfriend who betrayed me, you know, whatever it is. And we sure. instantly take people out of their being and put them into some relative state. And it blocks us from really seeing who's opposite, you know, who's opposite us. Right, exactly. So my, my work is really about awakening to our true nature, which is enlightenment or self-realization, and realizing that we are, we are not the story. We are the consciousness, the awareness, the presence that creates the stories, that creates the experience of being in this body, mind, and personality. And the more established we are in that, our true nature, the more we relate to others from a place of pure being pure consciousness, and, and then they may well remind us about mother or father or, or former wife or former husband, but um, and these are noted. We, we note these things, but they no longer get in the way of uh, our connection. We don't confuse them with the, the divine spark. Which right, exactly. Right. Beautifully put. I love, well, yeah, it comes from my background in, uh, in Jewish mysticism. There's, there's another great expression I love, which is loving somebody through themselves. So you go right through the shells of their personality to what's actually happening, you know, or not happening inside, just that pure, you know, shared being that you actually are. Right. And, and then when we connect from that place or in that place, then magic happens. You know, this is a place of creativity, true creativity, out of the connection of being, um, Everything flows. True. I, I'm curious for, um, just to give our, our listeners the most value for their time, what, what other practices do you bring when you work with people? Um, I see you also talk about leadership and creativity. How, how can we apply those kind of principles to our intimate relationship? Well, the um, leadership I, I, um, and creativity are all manifestations of, again, our individual personal connection with who and what we really are. So my emphasis is always on getting people back to square one, you might say, the connection with themselves. And so I, the basic teaching is that you're not your story. You're not any story. You are the consciousness which creates the stories. And then I have a practice which um, helps people awaken to and, and embody that teaching. And the practice is this. It's very simple. It's a three-step practice. Whenever you're experiencing stress or suffering or upset, you've got to learn to welcome it or at least accept it. Now, most people, when they get stressed, upset, uh, anxious, afraid, they want to resist it, deny it, push it away, rationalize it, do everything but embrace it. So that's the very first step. You've got to learn to accept and eventually welcome your suffering because it's suffering is showing you where you're not yet free. And then step number two, notice the story you're telling yourself. Behind every reactive emotion, there is always a story of some kind. Now, you don't even actually have to know what the story is. You just got to notice that you're telling yourself some kind of a story. And then step number three, be really present. Be present. Be with the emotion, with the feeling, but don't go into your head about it. Don't tell yourself a new story. Don't try and analyze it or figure it out. Just be really alert and present. I noticed that you didn't say let go of your story. You just said be aware of it. That's, that's key. 
Right, it was very key. Uh, just you notice a story and then just be very present. And in that presence, in the presence here now, when you're just watching the emotion in your body, of the feeling in your body, but also being very present with your environment, with the um, wind on your face or the sounds in the room, in that presence, something shifts. The energy, when you're no longer telling yourself a story, you're just being very present, then you're no longer fueling the contracted emotion, and the emotion unwinds and comes back into a more of an even flow. And you experience a state of real ease eventually because you're just present. What I love about your teaching, Jim, is that it's, to me, it really represents the, 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 the pure essence of so much more complex teachings that are really trying to say what you're saying. Exactly. And you have a wonderful way of just getting down to the... When, when you, every time you start speaking, I'm, it's intuitively true. You know? Oh, thank you. I can really feel the truth of what you're saying, and uh, and I like how unadorned it is. So thank you for uh, sharing that. Now, now I'd like uh, to give people who are listening the opportunity to find you and uh, learn a little more about your workshop. So you mentioned endyourstory.com is where they can find your book. Right, and then my personal website is jimdreva.com. That's J-I-M-D-R-E-A-V-E-R.com. And I'd like to recommend everyone go check both of those out. I uh, I have your book. I started reading it, and again, it's just I find it's page after page of wisdom. Um, so I really want to thank you for taking the time to join us. And and wonder if there's anything else you wanted to add about this. If there's anything else you wanted to say before we sign off. Um, no, I just think that uh, I would just like to say that um, you know, this is everybody's true nature, and uh, everybody is awake. They just have forgotten it, and they've gotten caught up in some story. Maybe it's a fundamentalist political story or a religious story, and they've, or personal story of shame, guilt, embarrassment, or whatever. And uh, whoever we are, it's always true. We're not our stories. We are the consciousness, the awareness, the presence that creates the stories. And the more we get in touch with this, our true nature, the freer we are. And the more we can love unconditionally and passionately, and, and we can live creatively. Jim, thank you so much. That's really beautifully stated. Everybody, it's uh, endyourstory.com. We've been talking to Jim Drever. Jim, thank you. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, this is Adam Gilad. You've been listening to The Fearless Lover, where we research every week how we can love this life, each other, ourselves, more and more fearlessly as we continue this journey. Thanks again, Jim, and goodbye, everybody. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.